Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment, a quick moment, and let everything else fall by the wayside. Just remind yourself that God is right where you are. He's right with you. He knows everything that's going on in your heart, in your circumstances. You know, you are already unconditionally accepted into his family, into his heart, into your future, into heaven or wherever it is that you're concerned about missing out on. You already have everything you need for life and godliness in this world, and you already have the eternal life that we all need and desire and seek after. We've already got it in your spirit. We're still learning about how about the relationship between our soul and our spirit. What we're going to find out is that so much of our stress and strain is because we have uh, mis-expectations, wrong expectations about what God wants to do in us and through us. He wants you to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. What does that look like? Well, we can, you know, get at least a glimpse, you know, through the written word about what the living word was like here on this earth. When Jesus was walking around here on this earth, you know, he he learned how to relate to his father, how to have a relationship with his father, how to hear from him, how to how to be him on this earth. But then he was just who he was. The path he took was the one his father had laid out for him. He didn't lay out a path to become a doctor or a shipbuilder or even a carpenter. He laid, his father laid out the path for him to be the savior of the world. That was his path. That's what the father trained him for and taught him and and sent him into this world to be the savior. That was his assignment. That was his project. But whether he did that or not, He was still the son of God. So it was not about his accomplishing something that made him the living son of God. He was born the son of the living God. Now you and I, we were born dead in our spirit. Jesus was not. He, he he, he He was always living spirit. You and I were not, because we were born after Adam. Now, you know, we could get into how interesting, you know, have interesting discussions about 
will there ever be a point in time on this earth where someone is born with a spirit, with a living spirit? You and I were born with a dead spirit. That's that's the process of salvation. He restores our spirit. He breathes new life into us. We are born again spiritually, not solically, not physically, but in our spirit. We're born again, reborn. Again, not our soul. Your soul, if you're, if you're whatever your circumstances are on, on Monday, and you're born again Monday night, your soul is in the same circumstances the next day on Tuesday. You have the same soul you did before you were born before you were born again as after. Now sometimes God intervenes at the moment of salvation and heals us, delivers us, gives us understanding and knowledge, maybe even quickens the abilities that we already have latent in our soul. But those are strictly his choices, his decisions. And some people have, you know, a, a tremendous, a moving, uh, an eventful salvation experience. Others, you know, they say a prayer of faith, and that's it. They don't feel anything. Nothing changes. There's no difference. God does what he wants to do. He, he is for, for both people, for all of us, for each and every single one of us, his focus is to restore our soul to our spirit. You're, you know, we, we can even talk about talking to ourselves. That our soul is learning to communicate with our spirit. I, I lost something in, in my house the other day. Not I didn't lose it because it was in my house, but I forgot where it was. And I knew in general what I, I had put it with. It had something to do with my cats. And I knew I had put it with the other things with my cats. Well, I tried to keep everything to do with my cats in one area. So I was searching through everything. I knew I had put it with the, with the cat stuff. Couldn't find it. So I'm speaking, and I felt myself or sensed myself speaking to my spirit. And I knew exactly where it was. It was in a pink box. Still couldn't find the pink box. So then I kept looking, finally found a pink box. And what I was looking for was in that pink box. But to me what was interesting is... I knew I was speaking from my soul to my spirit, not, not a separate God spirit, but my own spirit. My own spirit knew where the item was and was conveying to my soul what to look for, where it was. But it wasn't about speaking to God. And the, this is a change in thinking we're all going to have to learn. We're not praying to God to have our abilities quickened. Our spirit is the one who is conveying and relaying 
God himself to us. It's not the, they're not separate. Just as our goal is that our soul and spirit will not be separate, that we would all be one as Christ, Jesus and the Father are one. That was what he prayed for us. That's what Jesus prayed for us, that we would all be one. Not, you know, you and I and, and this person and that person and everybody in the church to be one. That's, you know, rather impersonal. Let's focus on you, me, that you would be one, spirit, soul, and body. But we're rethinking and relearning how things work, how things operate, that we aren't looking, if that's an area that you're interested in, to to quicken a specific ability that you have. We've talked through some of them, you know, and if they're not, you know, listed in the scriptures, that's fine. If there's a specific ability that God has quickened a desire in your heart for, ask your spirit how it works. Now, your body has a, your physical body has its own way of communicating. And you're listening to my body's way of communicating. But your soul also has a way of communicating. And your spirit also has a way of communicating. Your spirit communication happens in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural, the soulical realm, and the natural realm. But what is, you know, what does the scripture say? What is, you know, um, let he that has an ear hear. You know, give them ears to hear. Well, you you have ears. I have ears. They weren't talking about the physical years. It's a soulical thing that we would learn to hear with our soulical ears. And we're, we're just getting glimpses of uh, a, a big change in how we perceive our relationship between our spirit, soul, and body and how that relates to God himself. Let's go back to Jesus. When he was walking around, he didn't think, he never thought, okay, now I'm going to speak to my spirit, and then my spirit is going to speak to my father. No. Now, he may have had to learn that by experience. That's how he learned. He he understood, he accepted that his father loved him from the very beginning. That's one of our problems is being so, having so much baggage in our soul. We have a hard time accepting the unconditional love of God. Jesus didn't have that. So when he was walking around, what did he say? You know, um, one of the, somebody asked him, you show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I been so long with you that you don't recognize him? That he, he and the Father he said, I and the Father are one. You and I and the Father are one in our spirit. Our problem, again, is our soul becoming one in our spirit. So when the Father communicated with the Son, it wasn't a, there was no interruption. It was instantaneous. There was no barrier. 
the spirit of father, spirit of son, the soul coherent, the body hearing, it was all instantaneous because there were no wounds that were unhealed. There was no lies that were believed. All the things that we're dealing with here on this earth, Jesus didn't have those things to deal with. Because he never had, his soul never developed bad habits. His soul always had its needs met. You know, we have the, the three enemies, the world system, the devil, solical bad habits. Those are our three enemies that we're here to overcome. Jesus had the world system to contend with. And the world system ended up taking his life. He had the devil, Satan, and his buddies, his cronies. All the power of the supernatural realm against him. And he contended with it. And the devil came and found nothing in him. Why did he find nothing in him? Because there was no lack. Jesus had already experienced that all his needs were met. He had confidence in his relationship with his father, not by faith, but by reality. He had already experienced, he had already received all the eternal life. He had no no need for more or something different. He was already one with the Father. He didn't have to achieve something to be one with the Father. He was already one. So it was like the devil was offering God himself, which he was, offering God himself everything that God already owned. So he was basically saying, God, if you give me this, I will give you all the riches of the world. And God's just saying, look, um, you know, I kind of created all that. It's already mine. You know, you can't offer to me something that's already mine. And the same way with you. And and these are the the things that both you and I and Jesus, when he was walking around, contended with. Was the world system, the peer pressure, the time pressure, the, you know, what the demands of our day-to-day lives. And also the demonic, the, the supernatural realm pressing into the natural realm and preventing our soul from being healed and reunited with our spirit. We both contend with that. You and I and the Son of God all contend with that. So what's the difference? Is you and I have an additional enemy that Jesus didn't have. The scriptures refer to it as flesh, as our soul demanding its own way. I just like to call it a crutch or a a lie or bad habits. Let's make it real. Your soul has bad habits that are preventing you from receiving what God wants to give you, which is eternal life. Jesus never had lack. He, his soul was always connected 
fully, completely, entirely with his spirit. So his soul never developed bad habits, never had a crutch, was always one with his spirit, which was one with God. He was the perfect expression of God on this earth, spirit, soul, and body. He was in perfect union. This is like this is what it looks like for God to be here on this earth, in this bodily form with a soul. Now, why he does this, why God is doing this, again, we've talked about there's things that we're only learning here on this earth. You know, God does not waste time. He's eternally creative. He's always coming up with something new. But I believe there's a purpose to our time here on this earth. And I think it starts with, we've talked so many times about appreciation. Because you compare what is our life compared to Adam and Eve's. They were in the garden. They had a living spirit. Their soul, their body was fully united to their spirit. The scriptures themselves refer to to Adam as the son of God. So the first son of God was united with God in the garden and had all his needs met, spirit, soul, and body, was in communion with God, received his life from God. But there was lack there, lack of appreciation, lack of understanding, lack of experience, lack of lack. I think often God puts us in these situations so we can experience lack. He just doesn't want us to live with lack. You know, we use our the illustration of being in, in a cell, a prison cell. And then we find out that the cell is unlocked. And yet we so often choose to stay. Even we'd rather live with our lack. then be challenged outside our comfort zone. And God does not want you to live with lack. He wants you to appreciate his gift to you, who he is, and say thank you for the healing. Thank you. Be open. And Because, again, what is his nature? For God so loved the world he gave his motive and his action. He loves you and he gives to you. What is our job? To say thank you, to receive it unconditionally and simply say thank you. That's the simplicity of our relationship with with God. All these other things are simply parts of the process of restoration. So your path is going to be as unique. You know, there was only one Savior of the world. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever path God has you on, there's only one for your path. We share a lot in common. We share a lot in common with Jesus as he was walking on this earth. 
but we each have our own path by design. Again, I don't know what God gets out of this other than he gives himself. And we accept it, and then we give, we, we give it in return. We express it. And that's, that's part of the process of we are relearning how to live and move and have our being as a spirit being here on this earth. But in the process of that, we are being exposed and learning to how our spirit, soul, and body really work. So moving forward, I'm going to you know, do homework a little, little earlier than usual. This coming week, we've got a holiday here in the United States. There's other things going on in other parts of the world. We, we know a lot. We, we get a lot of uh, listeners in um, a lot of countries that are in turmoil right now. Just recognize God has you there for a reason. And the reason is not so you can affect what's going on out there. But this is your path that he has for you. And wherever it leads, it's unique. And it's special and it was crafted just for you. But I want you to speak this week to your spirit. Start speaking to the eternal life that is already within you. Ask for what you need. If you need encouragement, ask your spirit. If you need direction, ask your spirit. Reminding yourself that your spirit is one with the spirit of God. Just as Jesus Christ learned how to hear from his father, how to know his father, how to obey his father, the voice of his father, even though he was always the son of God, even though his spirit was always one with, his, with God's spirit, with his father's spirit, he still had to learn how to hear him, how his own soul worked, how his body worked. So don't think it, you know, never get down on yourself for not being able to, to do this right. We are, we are starting so far away from understanding. We're not only... We're not only far away from starting to truly understand based on time, but we're also hampered by believing a lot of lies. A lot of the things you and I believe are simply not true about ourselves, about the nature of God, about our circumstances and other people in our lives. God has a lot of work to do. Let's put it, that, put it that way. But we take what he shows us and we learn it. We learn about it. How does this work? And we just accept that it does, it's not so you can start a ministry. It's not so you can share it with someone else. There's that, you know, God's given me this great gift and, you know, now it's my job to give it to someone else. No. Maybe, but probably not. Probably it's just he wants you to just say thank you because that's your new nature is to accept unconditionally what he's giving us unconditionally and just saying thanks. Now we also turn around and say and acknowledge that our new nature is also giving. 
but it may not be, say, God gives you this great revelation, or even he sparks the one of the abilities that you've been seeking. Let's say it's healing. You've been really seeking out healing for children. You have a heart for, for babies and preborn babies or premature babies, and that's where your heart is for whatever reason. That's the, where the, what God is drawing you into. And you follow it and you think, okay, well, this is, you know, what God, well, you may be drawn in that direction. And then all of a sudden he says, I want you to write a book about gardening. How are those two related? Who knows? The point being is that whatever your path is, that's what he has for you. And as we're on his path and walking his path, that gives God pleasure because his purpose and his pleasure is you, your soul being re- reunited with your spirit, your soul coming home to your spirit. So it's not about whether you get the ability of healing for premature babies or you get you write uh, you know a book that nobody ever reads, or you don't even finish it before God, you know, leads you on to do something else, or nothing. It's not about where you are on that path. It's just accepting that the path is the process that God is using to bring union within your soul and your body and your spirit. So what we've been doing here in a lot of ways is just to start opening the door to understanding that a new understanding is available by experience. So let's say God has drawn you towards, okay, you have a heart for healing for premature babies. How do you work on that? What's the next step? Do you start volunteering with the church? Do you go to back to college to get, uh, you know, uh, become a doctor and, and uh, heal their physical bodies, care for them physically? Do you seek after learning how your the power and the authority that you already have in your soul can bring healing to these little ones? Those are questions that only you and your spirit Your spirit already knows all the answers to those questions. So how do you find out what the answer is? Any any idea that comes to your mind, go after it. Approach it. And let's just use those three examples. You go, okay, uh, you know, I'm already involved in a, you know, in a job, but I'd be able to go back to college and, and become a doctor and, and minister as a physician to these little ones. Or I can volunteer my time. I can do that. Who should I call? Where's the closest hospital? Or what about learning how to heal? That's something. So I can do all of them. And through the process of of research and discovering and spending time with each one, you can perceive, because your spirit already knows, which path God wants you to take. You know, you might sign up 
to go back to get refresher courses in chemistry before you realize God diverts you back to learning about the healing, quickening the healing power and authority, but you've already signed up for college classes. So what? What you do is not as important as the process, whatever it is that God's doing with you, is reuniting your soul and your spirit. That's the only thing that matters to God. Eventually, at some point in time, that will be the only thing that matters to us. But speak to your spirit. Your spirit is the channel, the the source, the the sponge that has already been filled by the Spirit of God. Your spirit is one with with God. And your spirit, because it's already one with God, has all the information your soul already needs. So our goal is not to get the abilities, the latent abilities in our soul, to get those up and working and running. That's not our goal. That's just part of the process. It's like when we were a little baby, the goal was not to learn how to walk. No, the goal was to learn how to walk so we could then walk and do other things. Then what's the next step? What's the next step? On your own individual path. So spend some time, talk to your spirit, see and just have an increased awareness of of your thoughts and even your emotions about how you relate to your own spirit. Sometimes when we think it's God speaking to us, it's our own spirit. And wouldn't it be interesting to start developing our own solical hearing to be able to distinguish between our spirit's voice and the, the voice of God? So spend some time thinking about it, and I'd love to hear from you about any thoughts or ideas or experiences that this might start quickening in you. Until then, for those of you who are in the United States, happy Thanksgiving this coming Thursday. For the rest of you, I hope everything's going wonderful in your life and you're encouraged and strengthened. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night.